Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. He looks like he's in eighth grade, first of all. He does. If you stand by that guy, he is a midget. He is a little guy. Judd Zolgad. I consider him my protege. That's right. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. What a great feeling with four games to go, knowing you control your destiny. And, uh, and that's how we approach it. You know, it's been one game at a time the whole year. And now with four games to go, the biggest game of the season now is Thursday night against a division opponent who we're fighting with in the Minnesota. We've lost two tough games to them, and we have an opportunity to get one of those games back on Thursday night. And uh, looking forward to a packed house and a great environment. We just got to get tougher. We got to play like some dogs with a sense of urgency. Team just do whatever they want against us. I don't like it, but, you know, ain't no coach in the world that can make somebody play hard. Ain't no coach in the world that can make anybody um, want it. And right now, I'm in a position that we are, I don't know what, 4 3 10 or whatever y'all talk about in the media. Um, everybody's playing for the fight of their life. Like, we got to realize that, you know, as a whole, we got to go out there and, and just be the tougher team every single night, every single possession. Uh, you heard from the Denver Nuggets coach there first, and, and Denver has four games left. They beat the Pacers last night. I've got tiebreakers for you here in a second, but uh, Jimmy Butler on these defending time for the middle saying the Wolves need to be tougher and they need to be. Uh, have that dog mentality and no coach can make you want it and all these intangible things that we think at least Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau think are the reasons why the Wolves are not winning as much as they should, which I think is ridiculous. I don't think you can just say, well, if the Wolves wanted it more, if they were tougher, then they would beat teams like Utah the other night, that there was a 20-point gap in toughness between Utah and Minnesota. It doesn't examine the fact that, that the majority of this team is clearly tuning Tibbs out. And that's obvious from the fact that Tibbs' calling card is defense, and this team does not play defense. If this team struggled offensively and played really good defensively, you might say, okay, well, Tibbs' shortcoming is that he's a defensive coach. This would be this would be almost an exact equivalent to if the Vikings were being torched consistently defensively still. And you said, well, but Zim's calling card is defense. Yeah. And and Zim said, my system works, damn it. This thing still works. And you said, but you're giving up 30 points a game, Mike. Yeah, or it would be like if if Mike McCarthy was a defensive specialist. And okay, Aaron Rodgers is going to handle the offense over here. Like we're just going to rely on star power offensively, but I'm going to I'm going to build the defense. And your defense was abysmal, right? Yes. Like it, it's a million examples. Yes. Um so we put, we put a poll up just for fun earlier in the show at 1500 ESPN on Twitter. If you're a Wolves fan and you're kind of on the fence because you thought this thing would be more enjoyable to watch and it's just it just feels like a grind. The, watching a Wolves game 
feels like Tom Thibodeau, right? Does that make sense? Like two and a half hours and it just feels like it's kind of grading. Nothing about what should be an important step in in this franchise transitioning back to being competitive seems fun. Which is maybe partly on us for just not enjoying a playoff process, but also partly on it's just Tom Thibodeau's teams. Like Chicago fans would say the same thing. 31% of people, we gave you two choices. Are you all in on the Wolves making the playoffs or does part of you want them to miss the playoffs? 31% 31% want them to miss the playoffs, which I think is partially uh, you know, draft pick. It's a, it's a pretty deep draft, and you'd get to hang on to your pick. Otherwise, you'd have to give it up. It's protected. But I think a lot of it is just the the lack of joy that you get when you watch a Tom Thibodeau coach team. You know, it's just like there's— It's Tibbs fatigue. Yeah, I It's don't know. just a fatigue. This should—but the problem is this. You can tell when when you watch a Wolves game, you can tell that for the players and the coach, this isn't fun. Like, there's got to be a certain level, and it doesn't have to be every game, and it doesn't have to even be all that consistent. But when Carl Anthony Towns goes for a 56-point game, that should seem fun. That should seem enjoyable. Well, it was in the moment. I and mean. no, it sort of was, but it also was a grind. And you could tell Tibbs, there's there's never a moment where you see him coaching a game and you think, okay, he loves the game and he's having fun right now. You don't expect him to have a ton of it, but there does but you tell me how many moments in Wolves games that, that, that you've either gone to uh home games or watched on TV, have you either watched him or seen a shot of him on TV and you said, Okay, in that moment he seemed like he really liked it. Well, he never does enjoyed it. As like he Tibbs never seems like he's having fun. I think the players the players seem like they're just kind of grinding through the motions. And I think when I talk about joy, I think about a team that's very obviously on the same page together and sharing the ball and communicating on defense and just like generally looks like they enjoy playing with each other and they're showing passion and enthusiasm. And the Jazz were such a contrast to the Wolves the other night. And yes, the Wolves, it's hard, it's hard to beat a good team that's cohesive, that's been on fire for two months without two of your best players. So they definitely get somewhat of a pass for that. But it was more than just that. And that's what bothers me. It was, It's not just the same cliche words that Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler put out there. Toughness and gotta want it. And like that's not, gotta want it isn't the gap between the Wolves and the Jazz a couple nights ago. It's not the gap between the Wolves and the Blazers or the Wolves and the Rockets. So I just... It bothers me that we're having these surface-level conversations about how the Wolves can get better. Well, if they just want it more, they can get better. Well, no, dude. That's not what's happening. That's not the difference between you and the other good teams. I think what's frustrating about the Jazz game as well is Utah came in here on the road and played exactly like you want your team to play. They put on a defensive clinic. They are great defensively. And this was a team that, what, in early January was not good. And... When you watch the Jazz play on Sunday, they essentially destroyed you by doing what you're supposed to do to them. And that's the tough thing. Yeah. And Butler can talk all he wants about about the Tibbs, Tibbs is right and Tibbs way works, and maybe it does. But if he can't relate it to his players, it doesn't matter. Yeah, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 if you have thoughts on this, if you're a conflicted Wolves fan. Also, we're going to give away Twins tickets here in the next... 15 minutes. We'll just throw it out there. We're going to give away Twins tickets in the next 15 minutes for tomorrow's opener. So just be listening, and we'll give you directions on how you can win. Here's what the playoff landscape looks like right now. This is what would have to happen for the Wolves to miss out on the playoffs. Like, they're probably in based on what has to happen. 
So Denver beat Indiana last night, which does tighten the race even more. And now Denver, if, if Denver wins out, they would make the playoffs. But it doesn't guarantee that the Wolves would miss the playoffs. I'll explain that in just a second. The Wolves' biggest advantage is they own most, if not all, of the key tiebreakers against the teams that they're battling with here at the bottom of the Western Conference playoff bracket. So the Wolves would have to finish behind all of these teams record-wise. They wouldn't, and there might there might be there might be a tiebreaker in there with a multi-team tie. But I believe conference record comes into play for all of them, and the Wolves have a better conference record than Oklahoma City, New Orleans, and Denver. So. So the, their advantage is if they finish in a tie with any or all of these teams, conference record is in their favor because they've actually beat up on the Western Conference pretty well. It's been the Eastern Conference that they've struggled with. Yes. So right now, Oklahoma City forty-five and thirty-four, Wolves forty-four and thirty-four, New Orleans forty-three and thirty-four, and then Denver is a game back in the loss column at forty-three and thirty-five. If the Wolves finish two and two. So let's say they lose both games to Denver, all right? Mm-hmm. If the Wolves finish 2-2, two and two, they lose to Denver twice, and then they beat the Lakers on the road, and then they beat the Grizzlies at the Target Center. This is what would have to happen for them to miss the playoffs. And by the way, like, there's a chance they could lose both those games to Denver and also that game to Los Angeles. If Jimmy Butler comes back and he's healthy and he plays minutes, they could go 4-0. They could go 4-0 in all these right. games, right? Okay. But if they go 2-2, two and two, Denver would have to go 4-0, including beating the Wolves twice. New Orleans would have to go 4-1, and one, and they play the Grizzlies, they play the Suns, so those are two games they should win, at Golden State, which is going to be really tough because now everyone but Curry is back on the court, at the Clippers, who are still grinding for a spot, but I'm leaving them out because they're, like, they're two games back in the loss column, and then San Antonio is in that mix. So New Orleans has a tough schedule. If the Wolves go 2-2, two and two, New Orleans would have to go 4-1 and one with that tough schedule, uh, or the Wolves make the playoffs. Oklahoma City would have to go two and one if the Wolves finish two and two against Houston on the road, Miami on the road, that's a playoff team, and Memphis at home. And Oklahoma City's been struggling lately. Uh, so a lot of things would have to ha- now if the Wolves go like 0 and 4, okay, now the floodgates are open. But yeah. two and two is a pretty safe finishing record for them, barring these other teams combining to go like 10 and 2 and passing the Wolves in the standings. Uh, the Wolves are in pretty good shape if they just beat the Lakers and just beat the Grizzlies. All right, so what? what's your guess? Butler comes back. I think he plays tomorrow night at this rate. So they play tonight, and then they play uh, no, the Lakers. They're, they're off tonight, right? According to the the Star Tribune schedule I've got here, they're off tonight. They so play at tomorrow. Denver tomorrow yeah, right. Right. So Then the night. Lakers on a back-to-back, and then Memphis on Monday. I, I think Butler, I think there's a fighting chance he tries to play tomorrow. He's practicing in full again. I don't. And well, now, first of all, I don't think you can beat Denver in either of those games. They have they have firepower in terms. Of they shoot three pointers. They can score points offensively. I don't think you can play enough defense without Jimmy Butler to hold them in check. Unless Towns goes bonkers and, or Wiggins goes bonkers. And both Tibbs and Butler know that. And the way that Butler talked yesterday, because he'll try and back it up. Yeah, I think he plays. And now, and now you've got the problem of this. Are they smart about it? They claim they're going to be, but I've told you for a week now, I don't trust them. Well, they shouldn't play him unless he's ready to play 30-plus minutes. Like, just don't even play him. He's not He's not like I a know 50% what you're saying. guy. Just, if, if, if you're going to play him, play him 30-plus minutes or or don't. I know what you're saying. I just don't know that, that once he's cleared to play, I don't know that common sense is going to prevail on a consistent yeah. basis with a, with a team that is absolutely desperate to make the playoffs. And this is where it's interesting because they could still, like, if he comes back, 
I don't think they go better than two and two if he's not playing. If he comes back, they could go four and zero. They could beat Denver twice if he's back and he's Jimmy and he's playing defense. Sure, split with him, yeah. And they're and, and everything else is clicking and Jeff T comes back. And if they go four and zero, now we're talking about maybe a four or a five seed. Maybe they jump up over which, Oklahoma which City. Now you can win a first round playoff series. Yes. if you do that. Yes. So the range of what can happen, like the range is, they get into the four or five game and they win a first round series with Jimmy Butler back, or they go one and three. They lose to Denver twice. They lose against the Lakers, and now all of a sudden these other teams all finish ahead of them and they miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's the range. Like the range is literally four through nine. I think. I, I don't think the Clippers are going to be able to jump in. So buckle up. Buckle up. I just think that Jimmy's going to come back. He's going to start playing, and we're going to have, he's going to, you know, 36 minutes for Jimmy Butler, and you're going to say, I don't know if that's a good idea. You know what is a good idea? Home baseball and free tickets. We need at least five callers, but we'll start with five callers. We're going to play Steal the Loot when we come back for uh, a... in fact, we have a little twist here, too. We might we might be giving away multiple sets of Twins tickets, but you're going to have to listen to find out. 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. It's Mackie and Judd giving away Twins tickets when we come back and also catching up with Dan Hayes uh, at 1130. Mackie and Judd are back. Man, that sounds good. On 1500 ESPN. Game show. Wednesday. <laughs> It is Game Show Wednesday with Mackie and Judd. Here are your hump day hosts, Phil Mackie and Judd Zolgad. All right, yes. Oh, good to be here on a Wednesday. A little twist here. We have twins tickets to give away. And usually we give away one prize at the end of the rainbow here for this game. We're going to give away prizes twice during this game. We have Jake, Matt, Greg, Paul, and Bob lined up. And as we progress here, we might need more callers. So have the number written down in handy. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Dave Harrigan, what game will all of us be playing today? All of you will be playing a very special Twins 2018 early season edition of Steal the Loot. All right, Steal the Loot. One of our favorite games. Good loot today, too. Great loot. We've got a four-pack of Twins tickets to give away to whoever gets the fourth question correct. And then we're going to give away more Twins tickets to whoever gets the fifth question correct. Another pair for the home opener. you got to go deep. you got to go deep here. We're going to start with Jake in just a second. And he's going to have to get four answers correct if he wants that four-pack. But as soon as or if Jake gets one wrong or Matt or Greg... Basically, uh, they might help you get to that fourth question by answering one, two, and three correctly. Whoever swoops in and gets the fourth one correct, or if one of them can run the table, then they'll win the tickets. Let's get this thing started, Jake. All right. Jake, are you with us? Yes, sir. Are you confident in your twins' knowledge? Mostly. All right. We'll find out here. Uh, Let's start with this one. How many base hits does Logan Morrison, this is question one, how many base hits does Logan Morrison have so far in 2018 through 11 at-bats? Zero. Mm, Off to a good start. All right. Question number two, sir. What is the combined ERA of Jose Barrios, Jake Odorizzi, and Kyle Gibson? Also zero. I hope you have warm clothes. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of warm clothes. Are they sweet tickets? 
Well, they're like S-W-E-E tickets. They're sweet. It's, it's sold yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. They're sweet. <laughs> awesome tickets. They are awesome tickets. Find I don't know. yourself a heater. <laughs> You're in the upper deck. Uh, here's question number three, Jake. All right. How many errors do the Twins have as a team right now through four games? <laughs> I'm going to say zero again. Yeah. I feel like these questions are... Uh, Pretty pretty simple it's here. Not like last Friday. Sensing a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. This is this is for tickets. This is to win tickets. Judd, go ahead. How many runs batted in does Joseph Mauer have in 2018, Jake? Uh, big fat zero. Oh! Wow, he got comfortable. Is so proud. He got a little bit lazy. <laughs> All right, Matt, you're in the driver's seat here for Steal the Loot. How confident are you? Uh, 80%. All right. right. Here's a question again. How many runs batted in does Joe Maurer have in 2018? One. Yeah! Loot stolen! All right, Matt is the winner of the first four-pack of tickets here. Uh, We're going to put Matt on hold on line two. You got to, I should mention, too, you have to come to the station to pick up the tickets between now and, you know, tomorrow. Preferably, I think, today. Mm-hmm. But you'll figure that out. It's very nice out. The roads are perfectly conditioned. <laughs> oh, it's a great day. Here. It's a great day to be thinking yeah. ball. All right, Greg's on line three here. Greg, we're giving you yep. a second chance here to steal some loot. Are you ready? This is for Twins tickets. I'm ready. Name four of the five Twins with at least one home run this season. Dozier. And we're going to name you name four, and then we'll tell you if you're four or right or wrong, by the way. I won't name them unless they're right. Well, Dozier. Okay. No. Uh, Escobar. Three seconds. Uh, Rosario. Oh, oh no. no. Not right. Rosario. Don't give any hints. Oh, no. Those four were incorrect. Let's go to Paul on line four. Hi, Paul. How you doing, Phil? You've got a few seconds here to name four of the five twins to hit at least one home run. And if you do correctly, you win twins tickets. All right. Well, I will start with uh, Dozier, Sano, and um, let's see, Dozier, Sano. Five seconds. Um, Three. Two. Sure. Five. Oh, no! sorry, Paul. Uh, we have a line open now. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Hey, Bob. Hey. Can you name four of the five twins to hit at least one home run this season? I'm going to go with uh, Snow, Dozier, Escobar, and Castro. That'll do it right there. Correct. Congratulations, Bob. You're, you're good. We can tell Judd we got an extra uh, Surly on tap here at Main Street for him. Wow. Main Street. Okay, hold on a second. Oh, yeah. I'm on my way again. Okay, buddy. Congratulations. Bob, thanks, and uh, congratulations. Judd, I did see him jot down Main Street on his notes there, too. Just I was case. there. I did the event there in Hopkins two, we- two weeks ago. In fact, I- hold on a second here. Let me Let me find this. Yeah. Bob runs the place. I got Bob's card right here. That's that's awesome. You got buddy Bob's Bob. business card. I got Bob's business card. <laughs> it's very good. Does good work. Awesome. 
I like Main Street. I used to be I used to be a regular. He tried Main to Street recruit one. me away from Bunnies though. Well, well, there's room for both. Well, I there mean, is room for both, but I told him in, in the summertime I can walk to Bunnies. That's the difference. Uh, I can report according to Dave St. Peter's Twitter feed the infield. They've cleared the snow off the infield at Target Field. They've cleared the snow off the infield, and employees. I've I've seen a few employees already putting social media posts out. Uh, they are shoveling steps to get into the stadium and seats. So I I, I like Brad Lane's idea. Yeah. Why don't we Why don't we let fans come in with shovels and we'll give you, you know, we'll give you a Tonio's Cuban sandwich to warm up or something. We'll give you a We'll give you a little craft a, beer action. Great idea. Yes, they should do it. Yeah. Oh, does that place look cold? I'm just pulled up the picture that you were talking about. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'll still be there. And I think I think cold baseball in October is just different. First of all, it's less likely to, for there to be a foot of snow on the ground on October fifth. Oh, of course, yeah. Than like April fourth today, where you wake up and it literally looks like it's so, January seventh outside. It looks like they've shoveled out behind home plate, and the seats are shoveled out now. And the first two rows behind the Twins dugout are shoveled out, but the third row still needs lots of work. Or the third uh, grouping of seats still needs lots of work. The snow is piled up the, high there. They definitely shoveled out the premium seating yeah, area. Those so, are good to go. And those Champions Club seats, I think those have those little like butt warmers in them too, those right? Those people aren't going to be in their seats, though. No. If you go to the Champions Club tomorrow, if you go sit in your seats for any amount of time, something's wrong with you. Yeah, you're for sure going to be housing the buffet and oh. just watching on the big screen yes. TVs. So glad glad that we could clear the snow off of the premium seats. Did you see areas. the scoreboard? What, what's up there right now on the scoreboard? I can't make it out. It's a, it's a picture. I think it might be Mauer, but by it, it says, cold air, don't care. <laughs> Come on, bold north. Yeah, it is kind of fun. I Again, I wouldn't trade it. It's going to be miserable this week. Yeah. If they do have to play, I don't think they're going to have to play a game on Friday because it sounds like it sounds like the, the precip- precipitation won't be in play tomorrow. Right, they'll play tomorrow. It's not going to snow or rain. It'll just be really cold. Yes. But these guys are going to be, if, it, if, it's, if it's windy at all this weekend at any point, it's going to be aggressive. So it's Mariners this weekend, and then it's the Astros. Um, Astros. So, yeah, the Mariners are in San Francisco right now. So the Mariners are doing a couple warm weather places. Well, one good thing about the Astros being the second team in is if it's as cold as it's predicted to be or forecast, it's going to be miserable to hit. I would rather face that Astros lineup now than July when they'd probably score 15 runs a game. Yeah, the I feel like the Astros have already are they're, they're like averaging eight runs a game right now. It's, they, uh, they remind me of Golden State in basketball. Um, Doogie, by the way, is in my timeline fighting people in regards to <laughs> like wanting to miss the playoffs. He's adamant that Tom Thibodeau will not be fired if they miss the playoffs. I disagree. That's what he said on the scoop. After I think you if threw they, it out. I think if they miss the playoffs, yeah, there's definitely a non-zero chance Tom Thibodeau gets fired. If not. Much higher than just non-zero. Just gonna throw that out there. You might, you might have conflicting information. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you can't say that if they miss the playoffs and the fact that, like, there's already friction in the organization here. Just like there was, not to the degree that there was in Chicago, but you can't say that whiffing on the playoffs in a season where you were all but guaranteed to compete for a home court playoff series that that would just be shrugged upon. What's the poll at now for our Tibbs poll? Uh, it was poll. it was seventy thirty. I think we have enough votes here. Let me find it. Yeah, thirty thirty one percent of people who voted on this said that they would rather miss the playoffs, either for draft pick purposes. It's up to thirty two percent now. Thirty two percent. 
That's an incredibly high for a yeah. fan base that hasn't seen a playoff berth here in 13 years. Yeah. Let's talk to Dan Hayes when we come back here. Dan Hayes covers the Twins for The Athletic. He's part of our Talking Twins guest lineup. He offers wonderful insight. And we'll discuss the two and two twins when we come back. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Brilliant, yet pointless. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins. Now, with the man who's in the clubhouse covering the team every day. Beat writer for The Athletic, Dan Hayes. Courtesy of Prime Mortgage Lending of Bloomington. Home is where your story begins. Hope you packed a shovel for tomorrow, Dan Hayes. (laughs) <laughs> Hope you pack the shovel. We've got I, uh, someone tweeted in that the twins are offering money. I don't know if this is substantiated, but what the hell? We'll throw it out there. Uh, that they might be offering people money to help shovel today. Employees are shoveling. I don't know if they're going to shovel a path for media to get in or not tomorrow. We'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I packed an extra blanket for the uh, the drive up from Chicago uh, today. So it'll. Uh, it does not look pleasant the next like seven or eight days. <laughs> and even even when it warms up, I think it, it's going to rain. So. It's going to be great. Can we find out why baseball, if, if you're going to start in March, why why don't they say, okay, we'll start in March, but I, I believe it, the, the whole thing, Dan, is to create extra off days built in. So yeah. wh- so why don't you have the Twins start at home on, uh, let's let's take a p- April 9th or something. That's the right. one thing I don't get. Why the, the, twins, the Twins don't need to come home for essentially you know, 10 to 14 days. So, what, so if you're going to do this, why not do it so that it makes sense and that they, when they do play their first game, we're sitting on April 9th or 10th and there's a fighting chance it's, it's going to be decent outside? Even even do what a couple other teams do, which is come home for three, leave for six, come back for three. Okay. Like I, I know a couple teams had that, you know, but a nine game homestand, um, I mean, you know, the average temperature is going to be brought up by the fact that we're going to be in Puerto Rico in two weeks. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, and, th- and those are home games for the Twins. But, I mean, the idea that they're doing this nine-game stretch here, and and then beyond that, uh, two teams that only come in one time in Houston and, and Seattle. So if they miss any games here, that team has to fly back for a makeup game. And and you know, I mean, that's the other part that didn't make sense. Why not have the Royals or the Twin or the uh, Tigers or the White Sox, you know, or the Indians, a team that comes in three times, so that you're kind of doubling up and at least making a double header when they come back it, it it's tough i mean the schedule is tough it always has been tough but um you know having the one-time teams makes it even more difficult you know who's look at it's it's really hard to play the who looks great and who doesn't game and in, in you know four game sample size but max kepler looks really dialed in he had a nice uh whack to the gap off a left-handed pitcher which is going to be a big thing for him going forward but you know, yeah. what, what do you make of him? What do you hear about him? Obviously off to a great start in four games and has a ton of upside, but what do people say about him, Dan? Yeah, doing a little damage on some breaking balls too, which obviously has been more known as a fastball hitter. But uh, I talked to James Rousen about him probably after the second day, and, and everybody was raving about the 11-pitch uh, the walk on opening day that was part of that ninth-inning rally. Um and just how he's kind of learning how people are attacking him. And, and really, honestly, this is something that I think we can say we see it in multiple guys. When you get more experienced, you figure out how the league is going to attack you, and then you start to pay attention. You get, as, as uh, some people said, less stubborn. You know, he wants to hit the fastball. Of course he wants to hit the fastball, and, and he's gearing up for that. But when he realizes that fastball is gone, um, knowing what to look for and knowing where to look for it, and I think it's just, experience for him and and there is so much in the tank having talked to other scouts and and they think that 
there's a lot more there, and obviously the Twins do too, because some of those rumors out there this offseason may have been truer than uh, than we thought they were, that he really was asked about a lot. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of potential. Him tapping into it would be a huge key for them because obviously the more that he can do, the deeper that lineup gets. Your thoughts, sir, on uh, Buntgate and the unwritten rules of baseball, which on <laughs> Sunday in Baltimore were violated beyond belief. I was just sick about it. <laughs> I, You know, the sad part is, is that – it kind of took away from Jose Barrios's uh, outing, and and that's not kind of it. Totally did, and you're right. It, 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 and that's the only the part. And and look, I get where the Twins are coming from as far as the passion. This is their teammate. They want to see him succeed. It's a huge moment for him, and to have that happen, I can understand why they're fired up about it. But you know what? Unless you got all, it, it's baseball's an individual sport, and unless you they went to every player on the Orioles and they collected a vote and the Orioles said, we're going to concede, you know, you're trying to get this rally started. You're trying to win the game. And, and Chance Disco got a bunt down, and, hey, they're in a rally, and, and uh, Barrios is one batter from being removed from the game. And that's the goal. So, I, you know, it's it just the unwritten rules kill me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I totally get why uh, Brian Dozier is fired up, but, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm going to say that Chance Cisco is in the right there. Yeah, and to your point about Barrios, and some of it, like, it gets overshadowed because, you know, we see that it wasn't like Brian Dozier called a press conference and said, all right, I need to, I mean, he was asked questions, he answered them, and then that gets, like, and that gets the play. But but to your point, Jose Barrios, like, if you were just to, if you were just to get rid of the Buntgate controversy and talk about a guy with electrifying stuff at a young age who probably has a chance to emerge, maybe not into the Clayton Kershaw territory, but into that you know, that second tier of aces in baseball, and that was a great sign for him to to shut down a lineup with a lot of star hitters in it. Yeah, absolutely. And and to do it, I mean, you look at the progression he's made. That first time up in the majors in 16, everybody thought, well, they're a long way off there. And he made some good strides last year. And, and to come out and have that be the first thing that represented him in 2018 was a great thing for him. I mean, he, he got not just the complete game, but he got the shutout and it's got to be a confidence boost because that, as we saw, you know, it was playing fair there. There were a lot of home runs hit. The twins hit seven home runs in those last two days. And it was not a, it was not a pitcher friendly ballpark. I mean, maybe the elements were a little bit better on, on Saturday night, but even then, you know, the twins hit a bunch of home runs then too. So, Camden Yards against that lineup and and the way he made he finished it off you know he he's definitely rattled by the fact the bases are loaded there um and to get to get scope swinging and and then to get Adam Jones to foul out weekly i mean all you could see on uh, on sunday was a bunch of weak contact all over the place it was extremely impressive that curveball was so nasty uh, the fastball was you know he was riding at 96 and at one point in spring he was throwing 90 91 and I had a few people reach out to me and be like, is he really sitting 91 right now? You know, spring, you always have to kind of take that with a grain of salt because guys' arm strength builds up and there's dead periods. And he came out and was just elite the other day. How good should he be in your mind? I mean, what you said is probably right. Like, potentially he could be second tier. You know, he's just got to continue to work on that changeup and, and keep it as effective as it was. Because when you have a fastball like that that runs and – you just don't get good contact on it. I mean, that's that's half the battle. And when you can combine the changeup in there and then that curve, I mean, it, it is a really good, effective mix. And I remember talking to Steve Stone about it last year, the White Sox analyst, when 
And he's like, if he can continue to make that second and third pitch really good, um, he's going to be a very good pitcher. And, and that's why he was so high ranked as a prospect. And, you know, it just sometimes it takes a while for these things to be realized. I remember talking to Ned Yost last year about how when the the Royals were loaded with prospects and they came up and everybody was thinking it was going to be overnight. And, and Yost said, no, you know, sometimes it takes a while. It took us two and a half years. And and it just does. I mean, you you got to get the experience. The talent can get you a long way, but it's once you figure out how to use that talent the right way that everything kind of turns. And I think that that probably could be said for this is a key year for Buxton, for Kepler, for uh, for Barrios, you know, a couple guys like that. And, and, and it's a good timing um, that they're all kind of aging at this point with the core or with the uh, veterans that they added in. So, so Dan Hayes is with us here from The Athletic, theathletic.com slash twins if you want to read his stuff and subscribe uh, to The Athletic as a platform. Plus, Jason Stark's a weekly guest with us. He's now part of The Athletic. So uh, so all kinds of great baseball and twins content on that platform. And and one of the interesting facts here about the twins starting rotation is that, and, and if Phil Hughes comes back and pitches too, it's going to be the same thing. All of them are former first-round picks. And the twins have had a major issue for 10-plus years in – taking talented guys out of high school or college and then watching their stock fall in the development pipeline. And some of that's just chance or injury, but I think obviously the Twins were or weren't doing things in ways that other organizations were. And now if the Twins have their ducks in a row behind the scenes when it comes to pitching development and you know, and just getting extra out of each pitcher in the organization, you'd stand to believe that guys like Jake Odorizzi, former first-round pick, Jose Barrios, first-round pick, um, Kyle Gibson is another great example that those guys could get to new levels, whatever that whatever that upside may be for each and every one of them. Is that a fair is that a fair thing to watch in 2018? Absolutely. I mean, when you when you look at the fact that those guys have the the skill sets that made them first round picks, and if you can tap into it, I mean, they they're capable of things that other guys definitely aren't. I mean, you're not looking at a pitchability guy that was taken in a 25th round and. And it's just doing it with mirrors, and uh, you know it's <clears throat> the the skill sets that they have are are really strong. And and Odorizzi is a a very good example of a guy who you know last year I, I think that he said his back bothered him his, the whole season, and he finally kind of figured out how to strengthen his core. And we saw it in September; he had a 103 ERA. I know he pitched well against the Twins um, in September. There's there's room to grow there. Barrios, there's definitely room to grow. I mean. You're talking about a kid that's got that kind of arsenal. It, it's so good um, if he can just be consistent with it and eliminate those four, five, six run games, the occasional hiccup. Um, it, it's going to be consistent the whole way through. And you just have better stuff than everyone else. And, and I think that the way that they are doing pitch sequencing, stuff that I have talked a little bit about, but it's uh, it you get a chance to see it a little bit more in games. Um, now that games actually matter and guys are staying on the mound longer than four or five innings, they're they're doing things with these guys where they're trying to mix that up and make sure that they know to mix it up so that they aren't as predictable. And when you have stuff like Kyle Gibson, I mean, look, he walked five guys on, on Saturday night and that's the kind of start that used to just destroy him where he walked five guys and, you know, gave up the world, but his stuff was unhittable enough and, and his off speed was just devastating that, he was able to pitch a no hitter for six innings, and and it was a, uh, it was probably the third best start that they had in Baltimore out of the three out of Odorizzi and, and Barrios, and there's just a lot of upside potential in this group. 
I think they're trying to find ways to tap into it. I think the defense is going to be a little bit better. Uh, I'm going to write something about this this week. They're shifting more now, which I think is they didn't shift nearly as much last year. They probably were in the the lower half, and and now they're in the top ten. So they're obviously trying to find ways to work around this and and improve the product, and I I think we'll see it. Miguel Sano, sir. 17 at bats, two home runs, 10 strikeouts. Now, now, yeah. now you, you didn't uh, c- cover him when he first came up. But Dan, when he first came up, the one thing that, that we all talked about was was for as big as he was, the at bats seemed to ha- have an approach. My mm-hmm. question is this, what's happened there? Because now now it's home run or strikeout and and the approach in the at bats that that he at, at one time seemed to try to take to go deeper into counts and be smart about it seems yeah. to be gone. He he has been a little bit aggressive, and it, it has extended into his uh, coverage of pop ups in uh, <laughs> short center field too. He he looks like he try to eat anybody that gets in the way of uh, catching one of those <laughs> pop ups right now. Uh, they better be careful. Uh, yeah. You know, hey, Eduardo Escobar, uh, be warned, basically. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's he is definitely over-aggressive right now. I'm, I'm guessing it's something. You know, they, they talk about how they want guys to be aggressive, but to make sure they're aggressive in their zones. I think that's probably just something where they're going to have to work with him to clean up and say, look, you're swinging here, here, and here. You do your damage here and here, so why don't we stick to that? And – because, look, he's going to strike out a lot. You know that. He's going to hit a lot of home runs with it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking a 40-home run season from him if he can stay on the field the whole way. So I think that they will take the trade-off, but I obviously would like – I'm guessing they'd like to see you know, a reduction in that strikeout rate for sure. Yeah. Uh, when do we start worrying about Lomo? Why did he drop a bunt down the other day? That was weird. <laughs> Why would you pinch hit him? I'm assuming that was him just trying to bunt against the shift. I doubt if you'd have if Molitor would put him in there and call for a bunt. Right. No, you know, I, I think this first week is so hard because, you know, they finish up Sunday in Florida. They're off on Monday. They go to Washington for exhibition. They're off on Wednesday, just a light workout. They play when they play Thursday. They're off Friday. They come back Saturday night. It, it's just so disjointed and not, you know, it, it, nothing is connected. I mean, here they play the other day. They're off uh, Tuesday. They play tonight. It's so weird. They're going to play tomorrow. They're yeah. off Friday. You know, I mean, just the way the schedule is, I, I always like to you, – you obviously want to see more from at-bats, and, and he has not had much drive in his swing at all. But I, I, I think if you see this a week or two in, that's when you worry about it. Um, just because once they get consistent at-bats, you know, five days in a row, um, and, and who knows how the cold's going to affect these guys too. It's just – there, there's so much stuff early on that there are external factors that are just not there in June and July um, when it's warm and, and you're playing every day. So we'll, we'll uh, hold off on that, but it definitely has not been a smooth start for him, for sure. Yeah, great stuff. Dan Hayes, theathletic.com slash twins, and also theathletic.com slash MLB. Ken Rosenthal, our guy Jason Stark, and uh, and Dan Hayes does a wonderful job coming over from – uh, the Chicago White Sox covering them the last few years. We'll catch up next week, man. See ya. All right, sounds good, guys. All right, uh, Dan Hayes, great stuff. Hey, uh, Miguel Sano, let's let's circle back on him here in a second. It's way too early to be you know making full judgments, and 
guys deserve several weeks to get into the groove of things, but uh, there's something that there's just a huge gap between him and some of the other top hitters in baseball that we should talk about right after we get done raving about the TCL TV that's sitting here, the green colors at the Masters just popping on this 4K resolution TV. Uh, in fact, if you haven't watched sports on a TCL TV, you're missing out big time. Golf, especially. Golf is just a when you have a crisp 4K picture quality with uh, the resolution that you get with these TCL TVs. You know, it's uh, you can see the dimples on the golf ball. It's it, it's pretty incredible. Baseball is fun to watch too, with all the colors and uh, you know the ball you know moving back and forth. So check it out if you haven't watched sports on a TCL TV. You can stop into any major local retailer here or uh, TCLUSA.com. It's pretty incredible too the the amount of publications that are uh, raving about the P-Series TV. CNET named it one of its best TVs of 2017, uh, saying it had truly excellent image quality and it's the best smart TV system on the market. Check them out, TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer and find out why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Encompassing Mackie and Judd. You can listen to this for a little bit of pop culture, a little Correct. bit of uh, what's hip in the city. On 1500 ESPN. Join 1500 ESPN and the beer show's Chris Reavers for the 2018 Minnesota Brewers Ball. It'll be at the International Market Square building in Minneapolis, and it is coming up this Saturday, the 7th. Enjoy samples from more than 30 breweries, all while raising money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. The evening will also include some very good food, a silent auction, and live music. General admission and VIP, uh, VIP tickets are available online or at the door Saturday night. Details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. We're going to play some clips from Tom Kelly's appearance on the ride with Royce at the top of the hour. Some good stuff. Yes. Tom Kelly on the Twins lineup. He actually disagrees a little bit with Paul Molitor. And uh, the other clip, I think it's the where he's talking about Gabe Kapler-like uh, managerial mistakes. Some good right? throwback and stuff. And admits to an, uh, his own one, at least one of his own mistakes in the World Series. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that here in like 10 minutes. But when people say... Well, strikeouts don't matter. Like in today's game, strikeouts are up, but you know, strikeouts don't matter. And this is coming from an analytics guy, all right? They are wrong. I think if I could rephrase that, it would be strikeouts shouldn't be the be-all, end-all thing that you're trying to avoid at the plate. Like if you have to sacrifice some strikeouts in order to get an extra 15 to 20 home runs because you're just going to swing more aggressively or or be more aggressive in certain two-strike situations where – you know, it's you're looking to drive in a run with a runner on first base, two outs. Okay, I can listen to that. But to sure. say that strikeouts don't really matter, that's just a 100% fallacy that stat geeks like myself have have just sort of uh, ridden that wave with the last couple of years. And let me give you a great example regarding Miguel Sano. So let's take four of the best hitters in baseball last year and Miguel Sano, and let's all give them 600 plate appearances. All right. And let's take their strikeout rates. All right. So this is how many times these hitters will strike out over the course of 600 plate appearances based on their strikeout rates from last year. And Miguel Sano's was the highest in baseball, 36% strikeout rate, the highest in baseball the last three years. All right. right. So Miguel Sano would strike out 216 times over the course of 600 plate appearances. Mike Stanton or Giancarlo Stanton, Mike, he hasn't been Mike in three years. Giancarlo Stanton would be 144 strikeouts. Mike Trout, 108. 
Mm-hmm. Anthony Rendon, who was a sneaky MVP candidate in the National League last year, uh, 78 strikeouts, and Joey Votto, 72. <laughs> or, put differently, Miguel Sano is an automatic out 216 times. Joey Votto is an automatic out only 72 times. That's almost a 150 plate appearance difference in the amount of automatic outs before the season starts. 600 plate appearances, Miguel Sano is saying, you know what, I'm an automatic out 150 more times than Joey Votto. Or 75 more times than Giancarlo Stanton. So to put that into the context, too, of players themselves, and we've talked about this before, Miguel Sano could be be Dave Kingman, Adam Dunn, easily. Those guys had the ability to hit a ton of home runs, but I don't know that they ever went to the plate with an approach. They were just going to swing hard, and if they missed, they didn't care. Sano could be that. What we saw his first year, though, I swear to God I saw this, was a guy who was going to strike out but had an approach to the at-bats. Yes. Which is what makes you, in my opinion, an all-star type player. And, Judd, the numbers bear that out. So his strikeout rate has been pretty much the same for all four years he's been in the major leagues. His walk rate was at its peak in his rookie year in, in those first three months. So he was still striking out a lot, but he was also taking more good at bats and just getting on base at a much higher clip his first year. And some of that's just, well, pitchers are adjusting and finding his weak spots and he's yet to counter adjust or whatever, like take it seriously enough. So, yeah. But there was uh, but there was definitely an approach there where you said for a young player, that's pretty good. And now to me, he looks like Kingman. He's going to hit a home run or strike out. Yeah. And I don't know that there's a lot of care there about the the result. Yeah. Well, Mike, here's Mike Trout's another one. Well, actually, you know what? Stanton's the best example because Stanton, Stanton and Sano both have tremendous raw power. Stanton's a better overall hitter, and he's been in the league longer. He's more experienced. He's also hit more home runs. You know, he hit 59 last year. And Stanton strikes out a lot, but he only strikes out over 600 plate appearances 144 times. So you got two amazing power hitters in terms of raw power. One of them is an automatic out 75 more times than the other one. So the other one, so Stanton gets those 75 extra trips to the plate to either hit more bombs, draw more walks, or get out in other ways. But you're not going to get out all 75 times. Like maybe you hit an extra 10 to 15 home runs. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you hit an an extra 10 doubles. Maybe you get an extra... uh, 14 walks or something, right? Like you're just more productive because you're not giving away that many at-bats. Correct. Let's come back and keep talking twins here. Play some of these Tom Kelly clips. And also we'll get our annual Masters preview from golf guy and loyal listener, Nick Peters. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. 
All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.